Hi there, Megan Thompson here with Megan Thompson Coaching and today we are speaking about how you need to be stopping your daily meltdowns in your home. And the best way to do that is to be focusing on these four simple things. Hello and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children? Stop walking on eggshells and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. Here at MTC, we help parents of sensitive children who are experiencing daily meltdowns, hitting, kicking, screaming, running away, throwing things, and hiding, and shutting down, and self-isolating on a daily basis, multiple times a day basis, or multiple times a week basis. And in that dynamic, one thing that we know for sure is that for you as a parent, uh, this creates a lot of overwhelm, right? And we help parents break out of this pattern in the home and change the, the dynamic in as little as eight weeks. We do this all the time. And, and when we look at eliminating those meltdowns, it's so critical for you to hear that word, eliminate the daily meltdowns and move beyond the initial reaction of what elimination means, right? When we eliminate a meltdown cycle, what we're focusing on is breaking a pattern, not breaking down your kid, right? So let's talk about what helps to make sure that, that you can do this yourself, right? First thing that is so critical for you and your family is to stay calm in the storm. When your child is losing it, often we hear so many parents, and this might be true for you, that it is very difficult to slow yourself down and be the calm rock that your child needs, right? Usually when your child is losing it, your patience is tested and it's quite a challenge. It might be able to, it might be taking all of your energy to not lose it alongside your child, right? And this is one of the things that we see so many of the parents that we work with uh, struggle with, right? So this is why I'm bringing this up because the biggest misconception in managing stress is in trying, is in the attempt to try to keep it together, right? Stay calm. Uh, that's a loaded sentence just in and of itself, right? So let's break it down. What do I mean by that, staying calm? Well, staying calm, most parents um, think means gripping the steering wheel, holding your tongue, don't talk back, right? How, how many of us were parented uh, in a way that taught us to just keep our mouth shut? And so if for you, demonstrating calm behavior on the outside doesn't match anything that what's going on on the inside that I have news for you. That's not calm. 
you're not keeping calm. And so when we look at it from that angle, it's important for you to understand that calm means that you're dissipating your intense emotions, that you're getting rid of your intense emotions, not by just turning it off like a light switch or telling yourself you're not supposed to feel that or that uh, or reciting some sort of mantra or or um, you know, calm, peaceful statement like my child is a child or they're only five or they're only nine or they're learning. Anything like that is just one tiny piece of the puzzle. And it actually, quite frankly, can really get very frustrating for you when you're upset, right? So the important piece uh, that you need to be focusing on is learning how to de-escalate your emotions, allow your emotions to rise and fall and dissipate, move out of your emotional experience like sand. We teach our clients specifically how to do that. That's not something that you're going to be able to learn in one talk here because it's a process that that requires practical application, accountability, and troubleshooting, but it is definitely important for you to be working on as a parent. Now, the next thing that is important when you when you look at breaking out of this pattern long-term you know, is to be able to pick your battles, right? Now, when your child is struggling in the, the daily meltdown cycle, what this means is that you might be looking at your child's behavior as nearly all uh, ineffective, right? Uh, when they're frustrated or upset. Now, I'm not saying that your child is always the, showing up like the Hulk or always showing up like a grumpy goose. That's not how children struggle. It's not what, what I'm constituting as the meltdown cycle. Some children do present almost all of the time struggling and, and prickly and, and irritable for sure. And the majority of the clients that we work with come in wondering if they're stuck in the meltdown cycle because sometimes their kid is happy. Listen, <laughs> children are designed to experience emotions safely, move through them quickly. And that's all of the emotions, positive, negative, neutral, right? And the important component to this is how long your child is sitting in these big emotions. And when I say how long, I'm talking about frequency, intensity, and duration. And so the, the important component for you to be paying attention to is noticing that you need to be able to learn how to prioritize your child's behaviors. And one of the things that we teach our clients, in, and this is really difficult to do, is to stay out of your own way right? As a parent of a sensitive kid who's stuck in the meltdown cycle, it can feel like there's a lot of negative behaviors that you need to fix all at once. And when you pace addressing them, uh, you have to follow a system to do that. You have to be able to ensure that you're not uh, throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks, basically stuffing one emotion into a little box for your kid and, and extinguishing one ineffective behavior only to be met with another ineffective behavior. And this is where parents often get stuck. You know, demonstration and research demonstrates, excuse me, that uh, sensitive children, especially, but all children in any sort of parenting program, whose parents are in parenting programs, uh, significantly struggle with following through and uh, con being consistent with following that the, those methods because of the variable importance of your child's behavior, right? 
no child is cookie cutter, no family is cookie cutter. And this is why troubleshooting and accountability is so important because if you're just applying um, you know, priorities of, of your child's behavior and picking your battles based on reading from a book, all of your yes buts go unanswered, right? Uh, yes, but my kid doesn't say I hate you. They say I want to kill you. Or yes, but my kid um, focuses more on the sibling and the example in the book is um, a focus on the parent. So is it the same? I don't know. I'm not an expert in this, right? And so as a parent, it's so important that you find a, a community that uh, is supporting you in staying on tar on target and also understanding what you need to be targeting first. And so this is one of the things that we help our clients discern based on their unique uh, family's situations. And not every incident requires intervention. This is so, so important. Your child's big emotional behaviors are symptoms of the meltdown cycle. So that means that a fair amount of your kids' ineffective behaviors or unsafe behaviors are because of how you are setting up the environment in your home. Not because of you. <laughs> I'm not telling you you're a terrible parent. Don't jump to that conclusion. And if this is your first show, hi, welcome. I call it tight. And uh, I don't, I don't sugarcoat things. It's also true that we're not here to highlight the shame and guilt that you're already feeling and uh, make you feel small, sad, or upset. First things first, no one can make you feel anything without your consent. Secondly, the emotional experience you do have is something that you've already been having, not something that I made up for you, right? Uh, and then thirdly, what we're here to do is to shine a light on something so that you can dissipate it because if you just keep it in the dark and tuck it under your armpit, uh, you won't be able to address it, right? It's really hard to look at under your armpit. You gotta twist your neck, right? So when we think about breaking out of this pattern, it is so, so important for you to be able to work with a trusted professional who's helped many a parent break out of this pattern and support you in noticing what behaviors your child is demonstrating are small and what behaviors are actually much bigger. You know, one of the things that we hear parents before they start to work with us struggle with is the, the comments about death and dying. Highly sensitive children and non-highly sensitive children who talk about death and dying are actually much more uh, aware of the, the aftermath and the consequences of, of death and dying than adults give them credit for. There's a, a tremendous amount of research, especially uh, related to reports from the CDC and uh, depression in children, etc., that recognizes that children who bring up death, wanting to die, wanting to leave this earth, wanting to you know, go to heaven with grandma, all of that, um, children who are bringing up that information, bringing up those thoughts, they are drastically struggling. And most adults dismiss that as just words, fluff, attention-seeking behavior, or stuff they, they grabbed from TV. Listen, emotionally uh, regulated children do not talk about death flippantly. They don't. They don't. Um, it, it's not a funny subject. It's not a subject to be very curious about related to wanting to die. Uh, it is natural and developmentally appropriate for children to ask about death. It is not natural or developmentally appropriate for children to be experiencing such suffering they want to turn their life off like a light switch. So critical for you to understand that, critical for you to recognize that sometimes your child's 
ineffective behaviors are that's that's biggest and most important are actually their words and not their physicality and so that's really important for you to be listening to and 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 focusing on the behaviors that truly matter because if every behavior including whether or not your kid uh, brushed their teeth on time or went to school on time is the highest priority your, your child is not going to be able to uh, manage meeting your standards all at once altogether and uh, that just creates more crushing overwhelm when they are already overwhelmed by their lack of skills to regulate their emotions. So this is where children and parents are really, really stuck uh, when uh, when we start to work with them. And so I know this is likely what's spinning through your mind and, and potentially the source of a fair amount of arguments between you and your spouse or co-parent if, you're, um, if you guys aren't on the same page on how to address it. Um, and then the important piece that you need to be paying attention to next is really focusing on uh, replacing rather than removing, right? So when we think about the important uh, component about behavior, all behavior is communication. Your child's behavior is telling you that they have their alarm bells on and their nervous system and then their emotion skill regulation um, and uh, emotion regulation skills. and in that respect, they're telling you, hey, there's a missing link here or a missing few links here. There are some gaps you need to fill, mom, dad. There's some some challenges that I'm experiencing and I don't know how to solve them, right? And all of that is coming out in behavior, just like with adults. If we're mad and frustrated and stewing and aggravated and um, you know, at our worst of our worst on a, on a daily basis, we're gonna pop, we're gonna yell, we're gonna do things that we regret. And so why are we thinking that children who don't have emotion regulation skills are supposed to just figure it out? Uh, probably because no one taught you when you were growing up and you are telling yourself that you're good. You're good. Listen, if, if you're yelling at your child and you're justifying it, you're not good. You're missing some insight here. And I encourage you to, to get introspective and be humble enough to hear that feedback without uh, getting defensive about it, right? Because if we want our children to be successful and creative and communicative, then we need to be supporting them in noticing that sometimes they're in their own way. And you can't teach that to your child if you're not able to be playful, if you're stuck in judgment, if you're not curious with your child, if you're not communicating in a way that they learn. You know, play is the child's language. So number four is, is really focusing on, um, sorry, number three is really focusing on ensuring that when you are uh, removing experiences for your child due to natural consequences, not punishments, watch another show of mine or listen to another show of mine about punishments. But when your child is struggling and you are, are noticing that they need some systems in place for you from you uh, natural consequences or you know they just by nature are losing out missing out on certain circumstances because of meltdowns they've run out of time for the extra stories or they've run out of time to uh, go play with their friends because they procrastinated their homework and, and all that jazz whatever it is right um, your job is to not just let a, a loss of an experience be the teaching ex, uh, teaching moment. Your child doesn't learn from loss of experiences. Does that mean with, that we save them from loss of experiences? No, never said that. Uh, but we know that pr losing privileges doesn't teach. Losing experiences doesn't teach. It's a natural uh, experience of life. So we don't save our children from natural experiences of life. 
We also don't use them as leverage to teach uh, appropriate behavior because if your child could do better, they would. They're telling you they don't have the skill set to cohesively and comprehensively demonstrate this under stress. And if your child is having a meltdown on a daily basis, then they're under a significant amount of stress and overwhelm. It's up to you to teach those skills and to set the tone and the environment, your household, how to break out of this pattern. All right. So you need to be able to meet their needs for emotion regulation in a more positive way. And so number four is related to playfulness, right? So you have to replace their, their emotional strife and, and the natural consequences with something that is actually teaching them to avoid the natural consequences altogether, right? And then lastly, uh, you're doing this playfully, right? Children only learn through play, point blank. Uh, auditory processing, uh, temporal lobe of, of the brain is not as developed as yours or mine. And not every child is an auditory processor, you know, in terms of being able to effectively learn by being talked at or talked to or spoken with. And as a result, uh, they need to be able to be taught in a playful manner, right? So the best way to do that is to teach and, and communicate through play. You know, you, the average human being learns through play by practicing or, or playing something out 20 times. The average human being has to hear it or recite it or listen to repetition 400 times. So no wonder you're tired, right? Uh, no wonder it feels like you're talking till you're blue in your face. You are. So stop it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if you want our help to break out of that pattern, if you want specific and strategic targeted advice for your particularly unique family, then I encourage you to book a call with us and figure out if working with us to solve this problem in your home is the best step for your family. Because the initial conversation will be doing an assessment, figuring out what the patterns are in your family, where you're stuck, what behaviors you need to address so that you can lead uh, your family. And then the next thing is ensuring that for you, uh, you're communicating effectively and your child is able to hear you and you're teaching them uh, by helping them stay focused on what they need to prioritize first and doing all of that by breaking out of shame. Now, if your goals are something like helping your child build emotional resilience and emotional intelligence and learn how to follow through on directions effectively, respectfully, and, and uh, with you know a reasonable amount within a reasonable amount of time, then that's likely uh, what um, uh, what would match with our team's specialties. And if there's something else uh, that that you're looking for uh, or your priorities or prerogatives for your children and how you want to be able to teach them don't match with our approach, then we will tell you that on the very same phone call so that you can get started with us on the very same phone call and uh, you won't have to wait any longer than however long it's been since you've been trying to figure this out on your own. So again, as I mentioned, uh, we are happy to offer that conversation with you. It is free and you we look forward to doing that uh, with you and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of how to parent your highly sensitive child like a ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with us at MTC, 
Here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call and book an appointment with our team. We'll get on the phone for about 60 minutes and we'll get you clarity on where you're stuck in parenting your sensitive child or teen, what your goals are for supporting your child's development. And if we can help you, we'll get you started on knowing exactly what to do to eliminate that meltdown cycle. Eliminating the daily meltdown cycle does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped hundreds of clients from all over the world end that cycle in as little as eight weeks. So to see if we can help you do the same, head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call. I'm Megan Thompson, and we look forward to speaking to you soon.